0: Here we are in the Torah portion, and we have the hardness of heart and the plagues going on and continuing on into next week. And we know there are probably those who are feeling the words of Torah coming up through their hearts and thinking, why do the plagues have to continue? When enough is enough, it is time to stop. It is hardness of heart that tells us it's not time to stop and we must go on. Sometimes enough of the plagues upon our enemies are enough. And there are those who are feeling different position coming out of the words of Torah. They go with the rabbis who say enough isn't enough, that all of the plagues are needed to accomplish the goal of the freedom of the Jewish people and security for them. And if we stop short of that goal, we stop short of the end thinking that after The third plague, after the fifth plague, after the seventh plague, Pharaoh gets the message and talks between us will likely continue in a way that will produce a positive result. So last time I spoke about the conversation in Israel being around hostages, and I said the conversation in America is about ceasefire, and I wanted to bring Israel in. But today I'm going to talk a little bit about ceasefire, because that's the conversation that comes out of these words. Is it enough, enough, and it's time to have ceasefire? Or is ceasefire something to be opposed because we have to get to the end of the plagues to actually finally produce a different result for our people we produce produced the security in the land Yehazkel calls us to? In this conversation about ceasefire, who gets to speak for us? Who speaks for the Jewish people on this matter? This year, the part of the section of Torah I cannot avert my gaze from is the part where Moshe refuses to speak for the Israelites. Remember that in many ways, no one has ever spoken for our people before. Think about that. Am for the nation of Israel, Am Yisrael, have not appeared before Shemot. Those letters, as I did with Svatayim and Shvatim, they have different letters. One has a Tet, one has a Tav. These incredible puns. Moses doesn't want to speak about, as we find in the parasha right on page 357 in the time, he doesn't want to use this fatayim to talk about the shvatim gedolim. He doesn't want to talk about the plagues, the chastisements, the attacks, um, using his lips. doesn't want to be a spokesman for that. But another pun is we now have Am Yisrael, the nation of Israel. Now we've had the letters, I and Mem, all through Genesis. But there, what did it mean? With frequently the word was used to mean you were with God. You know, Avraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov, and Rivka, they are emo, they are with him. They are with God, and im, they are with each other. Now we get the same letters, but now being with each other and being with the God, suddenly we're an am, we're a nation. And who's the first one to call us a nation? It's Pharaoh last week. When Pharaoh says, we, the am of Mitzrayim, We need to act shrewdly and wisely to get rid of this Am Yisrael, the nation of Israel. So this is the first time we're going to have a spokesperson for the nation of Israel. We've had goy gadol. We've had God saying, we're going to be a great goy, a great people, a great kind of nation. We're going to be a goy kadosh. We're going to be a holy people. We haven't had this word nation until an anti-Semite says we are. We are called to respond because the anti-Semite defines us. And now Moshe is hesitant to be a spokesperson for this Am, And I can understand that. It says previously, A new king arose over Egypt, not know Joseph, and he said to his people, Look, the Israelite Am are too numerous for us. How many today thought they were part of a goy gadol or a goy kadosh? through genetic testing in 23andMe or family tree projects, they get to the point where they've identified so far with B'nai Israel. You know what? I've got Jewish heritage. I'm part of Jewish ancestors. This is somehow inside of me and part of my background. And now suddenly, with the attacks on Israel, they realize I'm actually part of an Am Yisrael. They force me to feel that way. I've had people show up at synagogue who haven't shown up in years, who, who maybe have never shown up since they were children or never, who say, I feel like now I need to find my place with my arm, and I welcome them. And they're doing this because an outsider said, I associate you with Israel unless you stand up and deny your identification as a Zionist, and deny your identification with the land or the arm. And that leaves them with a big conundrum, as it leaves all of us. How would I ever be a spokesperson? I'm forced into the decision by another. Do I support ceasefire? Do I not support ceasefire? What am I supposed to say? And so I'm really relating to Moshe saying, I don't want to be the spokesperson of the nation. I don't want to use my lips in that way. Find somebody else. Let's remind ourselves God's not happy about that at all. God is furious. God says, hey, I gave you those lips and I gave all humans the power of speech. So you're on." And Moshe still doesn't want to be that spokesperson. I'm kind of skeptical, maybe a little bit, but also a little envious of the people who are willing to be spokespeople. I've been amazed at some of the leaders in this community. I'm in awe of them being willing to say, okay, I'll I'll speak for you. I'll be your Aaron, right? But then are they speaking for all of us? It's interesting that when God says, okay, I will give in angrily and Aaron will be your Navi, your prophet? Now, the rabbis have a debate. Why that word? Why, you'll be God to Pharaoh, and Aaron will be your prophet. Not my prophet, your prophet. People like Rashi say, are we talking about a real prophet here? Rashi says, yes, we are. Absolutely. God actually was speaking to Aaron before he was even speaking to Moshe, and Rashi solves a midrashic puzzle using that. And the other rabbis are like Ibn Ezra and others say, no way, he's not a real prophet. He's just a spokesperson. Don't make more of it than it is. But that's kind of the way I feel when people stand up in the media and editorials and political leaders of Israel. I think they're kind of saying, I'm speaking for God. I am the Navi. I am the appointed spokesperson. And I'm brought back to the debate of the rabbis. I think you're just a spokesperson. Maybe you're just a spokesperson for some people, but... Please don't say you're the spokesperson, you're in the Navi of God speaking on behalf of the Am. So on some level, we're all put in this position of speak, speak, speak for your people. And, you know, if you're not going to speak because Rab Nadav asked, you speak because there's an anti-Semite with a sign saying, what's your position on this? Or are you on the right side of history? I want to hear what you have to say. You make sense of all of this. All right? So who will speak? And how do we take that? So I want you to notice something. Moshe responds to God's pressure by saying, Please, O Lord, I've never been a person of words, either in times past or now that you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech. I am kivad pe, kivad lashon, anochi. I am heavy, or kavod, of peh, and I have kavod of lashon. I have hardness of mouth, and I have hardness of of tongue or hardness of speech. Where do we get this word hardness? It's the same word as the hardness of heart that's going on. So we have parallels, the hardness of heart of Pharaoh, the hardness that I'm going to take this to the end. And if you stop early and the hardness of speaking about it in the tongue, the reluctance to try to weigh in on how long this needs to go. So when God relents and opposed Aaron, the prophet, we now have, is Aaron really the spokesman for the people or he's just a spokesperson for Moshe. I know that there are a lot of people who feel, and I really relate to it, that I'm deeply uncomfortable when someone else is speaking on these matters on my behalf. I may not feel like going to synagogue anymore because maybe the rabbi said something, and I feel like now are we all supposed to say that the rabbis are spokesperson? Or someone else is speaking, and I say, I don't know if I want to be there because I feel like people are speaking for me or they're speaking on behalf of our people, and that makes me feel really, really separated. You know, maybe I'm the person that really wants to call for ceasefire. Where I'm about is I'm about like, it's enough already. And it's my Judaism that calls me to stop. And for another, they see it the other way, which is stopping now is not will not produce the result. That's necessary, and they see in the parasha something else. I want to express my compassion because... I share that. I, I I envy those who can put together these statements. I had a statement for the city council. Unfortunately, I was number sixty eight, and I was going to be after midnight. And actually, you know, I I had to leave because there I was. In a sense, I mean, I'm trying to be a spokesperson. I'm trying to do my best. I'm I'm I, I'm trying to represent something that feels right to me. That in a way, it's like I feel like we're not heart of heart. We're heart of speech. Like I know my heart's in the right place. I'm not like Pharaoh. The hardness is not of the heart. Compassion for the innocent is completely there. My compassion in israel, my, my my channeling of Judaism, my heart is soft, but somehow, when it goes up here, my mouth gets hard, and I can't find a way to translate that into this in a way that feels perfect enough. Now, I had to leave because I couldn't get to the upper chamber where there were about five Jews surrounded by hundreds of activists. I was restricted to the first level because they closed it off uh, at capacity to the lower level. And it was myself and about 150 activists. And we were listening to the city council meeting on the monitor. And I had to leave. You know, at one point I saw Jews who had, I mean, had signs that say, I'm a Jew standing with Gaza. And I was like, you know, good for them. They're having their hearts speak in that way. But then with the banging and the shouting, it was like this wild, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to compare it to like a football game. It was like a wild drunken orgy of hate. So when one great speaker from Beth Israel got up, actually got in the lottery to speak and said beautifully that I feel deeply for the people of Gaza, that they have to have Hamas around their necks, right? People booed and they're like, we love Hamas. And then he said, I feel terrible for people who are put in a position of having to choose between having a moral compass with people who did these terrible Crimes against women, I won't say the words that were used. And at that point, the hundred and fifty people around me started laughing. Many of them young women in in hijabs. Laughing, giggling, um, guffawing. It was like this group laughter. And so, you know, I texted Eileen and Josh. I'm not gonna be speaking until after midnight anyway. I've made my statement and um in writing to them, and uh I need to go home. You know, and so I'm torn, like there's, I mean, sometimes I feel like I feel like some of those Jews who are standing with them, I'm wondering what they're thinking, because I know they're coming from a good Jewish place, but I also wonder if they're kind of maybe wonder, am I going to be the part of the Jewish people that didn't leave me trying? right? Because I hated the plague so much. So this is my only place where all of this has taken me, and I'll end with this. What does Moses end up doing? After Aaron is the spokesperson, whether Aaron deserves it or not, whether Aaron's speaking the perfect words or not, Moses keeps interrupting and speaking for himself. I'll tell you, I don't think anyone talks so much in the Torah except for Moshe. For a guy who was hard of mouth and couldn't speak, but he knew what was right in his heart, that is clear. He's a guy that keeps interrupting Aaron and speaking for himself. I want to honor all Jews even when they've made us uncomfortable, because they are saying, I'll speak. I'll do the hard work of being a spokesperson. I'll be Aaron. And it includes people I disagree with. It includes leaders of the government in Israel, with whom I very much disagree. But I also feel like they're saying, "Like I'm going to try to put into words why this is not genocide. I'm going to try to put into words the position that the plagues have to continue. And even for the ones I disagree with, I'm grateful to them. Because I feel I only know what I want to say when I've heard them speaking for me. Maybe we all need them so we can transition to knowing what it is really we feel and what we need to say with those feelings. And rather than resenting them, we know we need them so that we can find the place of our own voice to speak on behalf of Judaism and our nation as a member of it. Shabbat shalom.